grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to be prepared for something, you need to listen to something that's going to actually tell you what is going to happen, about what is it that you are preparing for. As we approach Christmas, there are any number of special celebrations that are coming up around our area here in Tucson, celebrations that I'm sure you have included or would like to include as you celebrate our Savior's birth. Maybe something that's very specifically here to Tucson, like with Winter Haven, with all of the decorated houses that are out there, and you can go on through and see all the cool designs, all the cool fun festivities happening in the street, and just have a good time seeing the stuff that is out there. Or maybe you want to go to the zoo and see the zoo lights and all the animals under the twinkle of Christmas lights and all the other fun stuff that they provide for those who go there at that time. Whether you go to one of these things or something else, you would be wise to prepare yourself, to look up the right information about what's going to happen and when and where, and then to listen to it so you prepare to Include it in your Christmas celebrations. Because if you were to simply just show up without doing any research beforehand, or to look at the wrong information, or to look at it but then just ignore it, it probably would not end all that good for you. You'd probably be at the wrong time or the wrong place, and you might be the only one showing up for something because it's just plain the wrong time for when you thought it was supposed to be happening and going on. If you want to prepare for it, you need to listen to what is actually being said about it. Instead, and in fact, that's, that's a piece of advice that Zechariah himself could have heard and could have listened to. When it came to the angelic announcement that we're looking at this evening, what Gabriel shared with him concerning the birth of their son, John, who we know better as John the Baptist. At first, Zechariah did not believe what Gabriel had to say, and he was not going to listen to it because he thought it was all it, that, that, that it couldn't be true. And yet, after he received a sign that he would never forget, he believed what the angel said and listened to it. And in such believing and listening, he was prepared, along with Elizabeth, for the birth of their son, John. And also that they were prepared to send John off for the wonderful task that he was going to do as the forerunner to the promised Savior. It's through these ways that we see how God continues to prepare his people today. As he shares with us what he is truly going to happen, even if it seems entirely impossible, and that by believing in what God says, we then put it to practice. We listen to it. And in so doing, we see how it is that God prepares his people. Zechariah was quite surprised when he saw the angel Gabriel. Partly of it was because of what he was doing at the time. He was busy offering up the offering on, on or, um, uh, offering up the the incense uh, on, at, at the altar. I'm, I'm getting my uh, sacrifices confused right there. He was not doing the sacrifice. He was burning incense, and at the at, at the altar of incense, this was a huge honor for somebody to have. And very likely, Zechariah did not want to make sure that he messed up. He wanted to stay focused on the task and to carry out this honorable uh, task with and, and to do so correctly. And also, by the statistics, because it was chosen by a lot who would get this honorable task, by the, by the numbers, it would happen just once in your lifetime 
that you would get chosen to do this task. But we also see that Zechariah was probably surprised by the angel Gabriel because of where it happened. At that altar of incense, it was in the temple itself, within eyesight of the curtain that veiled the holy of holies from everybody's sight. And in this sacred and consecrated place, Zechariah was not expecting to see anybody at this time, let alone an angel. And yet Gabriel made his presence known by standing off to the right side of the altar. And after calming Zechariah's nerves, he told him this wonderful angelic announcement. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son for you, and you are to name him John. The impossible was going to happen. After long last and who knows how many prayers, Zechariah and Elizabeth were finally going to be blessed with a child of their own. And God had plans for this child. In addition to calling him John, that he would be great in the sight of the Lord, never to drink wine or beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He'll turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to prepare a people who are ready for the Lord. In addition to living like a Nazarite in some ways, John would be a very instrumental role in preparing the people for Jesus' visible coming by turning the people's hearts to God with his baptism of repentance. And this was quite a lot for Zechariah to hear at a place that he was not expecting it, at a time that he was not expecting it, have it all dumped upon him. And what was Zechariah's first reaction? He doubted it. He didn't believe what the angel said. He let the physical impossibilities invalidate this angelic announcement. But when we look at it, we see that we can't necessarily be too hard on Zechariah. He and Elizabeth had tried for who knows how long to have a child. And they'd even prayed to God about it at least one time, probably many, many more times on that. And now that they were beyond the years of normal childbearing years, they thought that that ship had sailed to them to be parents, to have a child of their own. And, and to hear from this angel that the impossible was going to happen, that they were going to have a son, and that the son was going to do such amazing things like preparing the people for Jesus himself, well, that was a lot to take in. And although Zechariah was a priest who knew his Old Testament scriptures and all the ways that God had acted miraculously in the past, his first instinct is what we sinful humans do whenever we hear the impossible, is to doubt it, even if it's coming from God. Because isn't that our first reaction when we hear about something impossible happening, is to doubt it? Say, for example... That I were to tell you that tomorrow's forecast was going to call for three feet of snow. Would you believe me or would you doubt me? You would probably doubt me, even though I'm a trustworthy guy, at least so I hope so, and that you probably at least consider what I have to say. If I say we're going to get a three feet of snow weather forecast, you go, Pastor, you look up the wrong city. That's not what we're getting down here. 
Now, of course, I'm not offended about that by any means, but don't we also do the same thing with the impossible things that God says he will do for us, even in our own day and age? See that I, a sinner, can be in God's family and counted among his dearly loved children, not just simply there as a stowaway or hiding in the background, but one of his own, counted and known by name? That's impossible. To say that my sinfully dead heart can become spiritually alive in Christ and then turned to the Lord on top of that, that's also impossible. To say that a barren elderly woman named Elizabeth could become pregnant, likewise. But you see, God will always do what he says, even if it is impossible. And as we count the days of Christmas and hear the other angelic announcements in our midweek Advent services, we're reminded that much of Christmas's events is really just one impossible event followed by another. You start up with the barren birth of John the Baptist, and you get to the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, and then there is so much more. I don't want to spoil it all. We have a whole season of Christmas and what's leading up to it. But you see, there's a lot of impossible things happening. And it's not just a thing of the past. But as we consider what our Lord continues to do for us today, we see how it is a part of his pattern where he does that which you and I never, ever could by ourselves. To secure our salvation in in our Savior, Jesus Christ. To forgive us our sins through faith in his Son. To declare us at peace with him both now and forever. Well, when it comes to what the Lord says that he's going to do, we see that there is no reason whatsoever to doubt what he says. Rather, we have every reason to believe him in everything he says, because it is true. You remember how it is that we prepare ourselves for something? We start off by believing that the thing that we're hearing is true. And that's the first step in order to be preparing ourselves to listen. Because if we don't believe something is true, we're not going to pay any attention to it. It's just something to hear and we're going to forget about it. But after believing in what our Savior says to us, we then listen to it. We put it into practice so that we may be prepared for what the Lord says he's going to do for us. Again, we look back to Zechariah about what not to do when it comes to listening to what our God says to us. He doubted what the angel Gabriel told him, even though it was for humanly reasonable reasons. And because he doubted it, he asked for a sign, something to persuade him that what Gabriel said was actually going to happen. He needed proof. He needed something to, to, to prove it. And listen to how it is that Gabriel responds to Zechariah's request for a sign. Gabriel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you in order to tell you this good news. Now listen, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things happen because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled at the proper time. Gabriel essentially uh, um, pulls rank and just dresses Zechariah down. Gabriel has stood in God's own presence, and he came down here on direct order to share this good news with Zechariah. Gabriel, he had no reason to lie to Zechariah. 
And also, to doubt God's messenger is to doubt God himself, the one whose message it actually is. But thankfully, Gabriel didn't just leave Zechariah in the dust there. Instead, he gave him the sign that he requested to prove to him that what he said was the case. And so from that day on, Zechariah was unable to speak. And for at least nine months until John was named, he was not able to make a sound. As we see in the verses after where we stopped this evening, Zechariah indeed did believe what the angel said then and also listened to what was going on. And it's through this believing and listening we see how God prepared Zechariah what to say to the people outside the temple complex who were wondering, why is it taking so long for him to burn that incense? What to communicate to his wife Elizabeth about the blessed joy that they were finally going to get when they lost all hope? What to ask for in a first century Israelite baby shower, assuming that they had such things at that time, of course. But it's also by this believing and listening that God prepared Zechariah and Elizabeth not just to be parents for John the Baptist, but also to send him on his way when his appointed task came, instead of being helicopter parents, who maybe would frustrate God's plans for John the Baptist. You and I know that there's no reason to doubt what it is our Savior says to us, that it is true, and that he is going to do it. And as such, we would be wise to listen to put it into practice, what it is that we know to be true? Because through this, that we prepare ourselves for what God says is going to happen. As we count the days to Christmas, let us listen with believing ears to Christmas's miraculous and possible events as we hear once again of how our Savior was born to us. As we hear of how our Savior continues to do impossible things like giving us forgiveness, life, and salvation. Let us listen with believing ears that this is not a truth for somebody else, but for me and for you, God's own child, known by name and loved by him. As we read into the rest of Holy Scripture and see what all else that our God says to us, let us continue to believe and listen what it is that we see in that book, to know what all else that our Savior is going to do just as he says to us, because it's through this believing and listening that we see how God prepares us, not just for the joys of Christmas that we're coming to celebrate in just, what, a month or so, but for each and every blessing he says is ours because of who he is. Amen.